Amen. Let's give God another praise and get into the word. Go ahead and get in your, uh, have a seat and let's get ready to do this. I'm, I'm stirred to preach today and teach uh, from the word of God. We've been in this series uh, called Honor Code. Honor Code. And this is week four of Honor Code. And I just want to say this, that um, this word honor is so important in the scripture. And the reason it is, is because honor actually means that, if, if I was to just paraphrase it, honor means that we respond appropriately to what we come in contact with. And many times it means that we respond not only respectfully, but it means that when I come into the presence of God, or I come into contact with God, that means that, that my reaction and my response denotes that I understand whose presence I'm in. And this is so important because when I understand whose presence I'm in, then I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Can we say amen? And so honor code week four, and we're talking this week um, about the pathway to progress. And let me, uh, I got to tell you about the experience I had before I get into the word. I, I went to uh, CVS the other day, or Walgreens or whatever. I believe it was CVS. They both had the same colors. <laughs> anyway, and so I got my daughter some, she likes these little apple juice things with the character top on top of it for some reason. I don't know. Doesn't have that much juice in it, but she likes it. Uh, so I grabbed one for her and grabbed the apple juice for my wife, and I got in line, and the, the manager was on the cash register, and there was a lady in front of me, and she had purchased two boxes of something in a plant. And so the, the manager was saying, he's ringing up, he's like, this is the price. And the lady's like, I don't, like she didn't understand what he was saying. And he began to talk louder. He, he, he began to just repeat himself. I could see him getting frustrated. He's repeating the same thing over and over again, and he's saying it louder. And if you're a preacher or anything, you know sometimes you can just get a message or illustration out of anything. That's just how we are. You see something, and God begins to deal with you. So I'm sitting here. Honestly, I'm in the flesh a little bit. I'm getting frustrated because now we're 10 minutes in this line, and he's just getting louder. And, I'm like, and finally, I realized God began to deal with me. He said, you know, this is what we do in life. We think that this woman has a volume problem. In other words, if I say it louder, she's going to understand. But I wanted to tell him, I said, brother, I wanted to say, look, she doesn't have a problem hearing you. She has a problem understanding you. There's a difference. So she speaks a different language. So what you need is not more volume. You need a translator. And thank God for the Holy Spirit, who is our translator. Because sometimes he's dealing with us and we don't understand, so we need the help of the Holy Spirit to come in and say, no, this is what this means. Watch this. In your own situations in your life, the things that you're dealing with, the things that you're going through in your life, you don't need someone to yell at. You, you need someone to help you understand why you're here. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> you, you know, I think about Job's friends. You know that story about Job. I'm not preaching on Job today, but I think about Job's friends, he's going through this stuff, and all of his so-called friends, all of them know why he's going, what he's going through. And like, you're going through it for this, you're going through that. Finally, he got so tired of it, he said, man, y'all are miserable comforters. You ever, you ever been around a miserable comforter? They're trying, but they're just, they're just everything they say, they're just making the situation worse. In other words, they're like this manager at CVS. They're just saying the same thing louder. And what I need is I need you to be quiet so the Holy Spirit can instruct me and help me understand why I'm here. This is why we come to church. This is why we worship, because sometimes you'll step into worship. That's why I had us do that song over and over again, because many of us are dealing with things, and we need to just lift our hands and worship. So God began to deal with us about 
Not only why we're here, but how we can get to where he wants us to be. Can we say amen? And so the message today is called the pathway to progress. And the reason I chose the pathway to progress is because how many of you know if you're going to get anywhere, you're going to have to get on a path? Every path, every road leads somewhere. And I feel like I could just preach on that thought right there because some of us want to go a place, but the path we're going doesn't match up with where we want to go. And this is how we live our Christian life. We live frustrated. We live uh, defeated because we see, we could see a little bit of where we want to go, but the path we're on is not the path that God desires for us to get where we need to get. How many of you know if you don't like the direction you're going, you've got to change something? It, there comes a point where it can't be everybody's fault. It can't be this one didn't do this or this one didn't do that. Sometimes we got to say, look, I'm, I'm headed a direction that's not working for me, and I've got to begin to move in the direction that God has for me. Some of you, some of us get frustrated with other people's disobedience. Let me set some people free today. You can't make anybody obey God. You, you, can, you can get frustrated, you can get mad, you could yell at them. No matter how much that manager on that cash register yelled at that lady, it wasn't going to change what she was hearing because she needed it in a language she could understand in order to get what she needed. Once the translation happened, she's like, okay, swipe the card, she was out and on to her next destination. And I come up and the guy's looking at me, he's just shaking his head. I'm like, you can't blame her, that's your fault. After the first 20 times you tried to explain it to her, you should have realized she was not understanding what you were saying. Pathway to progress. 3 John uh, 1 verse 2 says this, a very familiar passage of Scripture. says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, say all things, and be in health just as your soul prospers we got to lay some foundation, and i got to remind you, because when we get in the test, when we get in the storms, when we get in the struggles of life, sometimes we question whether God actually wants good things for us. We question, okay, look, is this actually just as good as it's ever going to get for me? You ever felt like that? You know what? If it just doesn't get any worse, I'm okay. <laughs> any real people in here today? I, you know what? I've been going through so long. I've been hurting so long. I've been struggling so long that as long as it just didn't get any worse, I'll be fine. But God wants you in a better place than just good enough. That's not in the notes, but some of y'all need to write that down. Good enough with God. I don't need it to be good enough. I need it to be God enough. Mm. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Say it again, all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. Soul, thoughts, will, emotion, decisions. So in other words, God wants our entire life to prosper in accordance with the prosperity of my thoughts, my decisions, my will, my emotion. Now, here's what happens when I begin to teach something like this. Whenever I say that word prosper, your mind goes somewhere to some of these clowns on TV. And the reality is, is that prosper means to succeed. It means to move forward. So God desires for everyone sitting within the sound of my voice to move forward. How many of you want to stay where you are? Be real. Nobody. Nobody. I, I, I want because he's designed us constantly to make progress in our lives. So what happens is, is if I'm stationary too long and I don't feel like I'm moving forward, I get frustrated. So God wants us in a place where we're moving forward. God wants good things for you. But the question is, do you want good things for you? 
God wants good things for you. Never question. He wants good things for you. The question sometimes with us is what does good mean? Because sometimes my interpretation of good is not. And all you have to do is get the wrong gift. Or, you know, you ever had somebody, they got you a gift, and they're like, you weren't thinking about me. You were thinking about you. Because when, when you give somebody something, you don't give it on the basis of what you want. You give it, this is, I'm talking about honor. You give it on the basis of what they would want. And so sometimes we misinterpret good, and so we take things and we receive things that God never intended for us. My goal in this is to tell us, to show us that there's really only one pathway to get everything that God has for us. But let's, let's, let's keep going. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. It says, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Josephat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. And this is important, this part right here. Underline, take a picture of it, whatever. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. So the first thing that we have to do to move forward in the things of God, to move forward in our life and make progress, is we have to believe in God. We have to believe in the Lord. Now, now let me separate this because some of us don't have an allegiance um, to God. We have an allegiance to the God that we want. And there's a difference. But we have to fully put our trust and reliance completely and totally on him. That's the first thing. We've got to believe in him. And then he says, you know what? Some of us say, well, I don't need nobody else but Jesus. And so he says, believe his prophets and so shall you prosper, succeed, move forward. God, if you really seek to, to, to live for God and to please God and to do what God wants you to do in your life, he will put a voice in your life that helps you move forward. He will put a voice in your life. You can, you, and some of us, and this is why honor is important, Jesus brought this point out, and this scripture is not in the message, but I want to tell you, he, says, he said, Jesus himself testified that a prophet is not without honor except where? In his own country. What he was saying was is that some of us will not receive from the voice that God has put in our life because we become too close and too familiar. And whenever you get to know somebody too much, you fail to appreciate the voice that God has put in your life to help thrust you forward into your destiny. So we have to do what? We have to constantly humble ourselves and pray and say, okay, God, let me hear you through whoever you are putting in my life. Because sometimes, and this is how you know that God put a voice in your life, because they might aggravate you sometimes. You, you humble yourself and receive, but they might, they're going to scratch something that, that maybe you don't, you don't want to reveal or open up to them. All because, not because they want to embarrass you, they want you to move forward in what God has for you. Say, humble myself. Humility is the key. God says that if we humble ourselves, he will do what? He'll lift us up and exalt us. But it starts with us saying, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. I'm not, you know, I've got to say, no, you know what? I've got to step back and listen to what God is saying in my life and who he's saying it through. Now, I didn't write this, but how many of you believe the word of God is true? Okay, so I didn't write this, but he said, believe the Lord your God and you will be established, so you'll be firm. Not everything won't push you and shake you and move you off the mark. And then he said, if you believe the voices that he put in your life, the right voices, because every voice is not right. Here's what I tell people. I tell them this. I said, you know, everybody can have a voice, but every voice doesn't have equal weight. So you can talk all you want, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Different message. So we say, God, God, he does. He wants good things for us. Say, God wants good things for me. 
Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God's thinking in your direction. Think about that. We get defeated and upset and depressed because man is not giving us maybe the attention that we should or they're not doing right by us, but God is constantly thinking about you. And here's what he's thinking. Thoughts of peace and not evil. So God's desire is peace. His desire for you is to have peace. Don't settle for confusion. I meet people in my life who love confusion. I mean, you ever get around those kind of people? If it's too peaceful for a minute, did you hear what such a... No, no, let me tell you something. If you ever want to gossip to me, here's how we're going to handle this. Stop right there. Let me call them on the phone. Go ahead and finish what you have to say with them on. But that's how you keep people from bringing that garbage to you. Uh Uh-oh, you have a problem with such and such or pastor. So, okay, let's call them on the phone and let's get it settled. And that's how you know if a person really wants to solve a problem or if they just want to gossip. Refuse to tolerate confusion in your life. The Bible says this, God is not the author of confusion. So if there's confusion in your life, it didn't come from God. Confusion never originates with God, only peace. Says he's a God of order and a God of peace. Anybody in here today? So, So I like to tell people I am allergic to confusion. And if you invite me into your drama, I will decline. Because there's too, life is too short. I've got too much to accomplish for God to get caught up with your foolishness. And that's how you got to live in your house. This is, let me tell you something. You have a, oh, you have a problem with my brother in Christ? Then you got a problem with me. You got a problem with the prophetic voices in my life? You have a problem with me. You have a problem with my wife? You have a problem with me. That's how you shut down confusion in your life. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, But did you know that this was going on? No, no. All I want to hear is the voice of God. God desires for us to have peace. Don't settle for confusion. Let's keep going. It also says to give you what? A future and a hope. Then you'll call upon me and go and pray to me and I will do what? So our responsibility is to pray to God. And what is he going to do? He's going to listen. You've got a God who listens. When you deal with man on your job, in your home, or whatever, who don't listen all week long, you know that when you get on your knees and cry out to Almighty God that you have a God who listens and a God who cares. That's why we can cast all of our cares upon him. Come on. And you'll seek me, and you'll find me when you search for me with some of your heart. Here is where we get defeated. Because we make a decision to follow God, but we're half, half in. We don't make the sacrifices we need to. We make the sacrifices we want to. And God says, if you're going to follow me, you got to follow me with everything. I'll take care of you, but you got to follow me with everything. That means you can't give me your hands and not your feet. You can't give me your heart and not your thoughts. He wants all of you. God loves you so much, I said this already, that you're always on his mind. 
when you're wondering, when you sit in your room or whatever, if, if such and such is thinking about you, if such and such cares about you, it doesn't matter because God cares about you. And he knows every need that you have before you have it. He knows every problem you have before you get there. You, you know what? God is so much God that some problems he solved before you even knew it was a problem. He saved you from stuff you didn't even know was coming against you. You got upset that they didn't call you back, but they needed to not call you back. I always say we did relationship goals in February, so I need to leave that alone. But there's some folk you need to be glad you don't have their attention. You need to celebrate the fact that they looked over you to somebody else because now there's somebody else's problem. Honor code. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to it. God desires to give you both a future and not just hope, but an abundance of hope. This thing, hope, is so important because it, if you lose hope, you lose strength. And, and, and now, now think about your life. I'm going to get personal a little bit. Think about your life and those things that you've been believing God for and trusting God for. What happens when you begin to go into despair and hope that he's not going to do it? You begin to go down. You begin to lose strength. You begin to lose courage. You don't smile anymore. And, and people ask you, well, what's wrong with you? And you can't really articulate the fact that the problem is not that you lost God, but you lost hope. And so when we come in and when we get around fellow believers and we get around our brothers and sisters in Christ, one of the things that we should desire to do for one another is instill constantly hope, hope, keep on going, keep on believing, keep on trusting God. See, you as my brother in Christ should never give up under my watch. Problem is sometimes we want to be comfortable in our mess. You know what that means? We don't want people to stop us from complaining. We want them to listen to us continue to complain. But anytime they say, I don't know how I'm going to make it, you got to remind them, well, the Lord is your shepherd and you lack nothing. Well, I don't know. It seems like the crime is on the rise and I'm scared of this. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. You, you don't feed their fear. Start feeding their faith. I don't know how I'm going to come out. Well, I don't know how you're going to come out either, but God said he'll bring you out. He's faithful. Everybody seems to lie on me and criticize me and mistreat me. That's okay. God, faithful is he who calls you who will also do it. I'm trying to tell, to, to tell you how to put strength and courage back in the people when they're, they're feeling like their faith is failing. He wants to give you a future and an abundance of hope. We will never experience the best of God's plan with half-hearted devotion, though. Half in. Here's what it looks like. I'm, I'm with you as long as I'm getting my needs met. You ever get around people like that? They're, they're cool with you as long as you, you, long, long as you pay for the meal, they, they're cool with you. But when, but when you want to go out and, you know, we're going to split the check today. Oh, I can't hang with them no more. You have people like, not in here, not you. Not you, don't get offended, not you. But there are people in other churches. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, but what I'm saying is this, is that just like we want an equality of blessings, we need to have an equality of sacrifice. And so it can't always be, and this is one of the disservices that we've done, I believe, in, in churches. We've made it all about us. 
And Jesus said, come and, and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So he says, yes, follow me, but it's not really about you. When you follow me, I'm going to help you catch other people and bring them to me. And in doing that, I'll make sure you're taken care of. How many of you want to feel like you're taken care of? Like you don't have anything to worry about? Just follow Jesus. Which we're trying to find. We're trying to find everything we need and want in sources that cannot provide it. That's why you get upset with your brother and sister and you get agitated with them because you expect them to do what God is supposed to do. We'll never experience God's best with half-hearted devotion. So let's go into this. Let's, just, let's talk about what devotion, this devotion actually looks like. What does it mean for me to be devoted to God? He's talking about, I can't go in half-hearted. What does it mean to actually be devoted to him? It means that we live a life of obedience. At the end of the day, honor means that when I get into the presence of God and I hear what he says to me, that my response is always the same. Whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. Psalm 1 says it like this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And he identifies, the, the psalmist actually identifies a process that we go through in life, if you didn't recognize it. He talks about walking, he talks about standing, and he talks about sitting. And think about this, this process in our life. When we're walking, it talks about us just, just, this is how I live. I'm walking. But then he goes on and says, standing. That, that is important. And some of us read the scripture too fast. When he talks about standing, it means now I've stopped. And I've started to contemplate. And if we're not careful, we'll get in trouble right here. Because we begin to contemplate. And contemplating is good as long as you have the right information. Anybody in here still? But contemplating will be terrible if you're doing it with the wrong information. This is why when you go to the doctor's office and say, well, what's going on? How do you feel? What's this? What's that? What's that? The other. They want the right information so they can give you the right diagnosis. But after you contemplate, you have a decision to make. Either I can walk the right path or I can sit and settle in where I am. And many of us settle in in the wrong place. But his delight is where? In the law of the Lord and in his law, he meditates day and night. When you think meditation, and when I think meditation, we think thinking. I just, because that's what the world teaches you. I just, I'm just going to think about God all day. I'm just going to think about it. But the word meditate means to mutter under your breath. Think about how the world defines things and how God defines them. All this time we think, every time I think meditate, I just go somewhere and I'm quiet and I'm still and I don't do anything. But Meditate is actually a very active thing. It's muttering under our breath. So it means that constantly the word of God is coming out of my mouth in one way or the other. We activate things in our life and in our world by speaking. How do you know that? Say something to somebody that rubs them the wrong way and watch their whole demeanor change. Why? Because you've activated something by something that was said and something that they heard. But here's what he goes on to say, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit. When? <laughs> say this with me. Say it's my time 
but it may not be my turn. It's important to know because we, we can sometimes get frustrated because we want something in this season that's for this season. If you eat a fruit in the wrong season, it's not going to taste right. And some of, us, some of us got some stuff in the wrong season. And because we got it in the wrong season, now we're dealing with the taste. <laughs> Tell somebody, you can endure the taste. Because here's what happened. God is redemptive. God restores. So don't get hung up in the fact, okay, I did this in the wrong season. Okay, you got out of season. But we serve a God that can get you back into season. We always talk about what people, you know, sometimes you did this wrong, you did that wrong, and the enemy wants you to focus on that and starts accusing you of this and that or the other. If I would have just did this and if I would have just made that decision, you got to get past that. That decision is made. But God, you can still move in my life right now where I am. And so I trust you to redeem the years that I've lost in the years that I would. Come on. See, that when he's redeeming the years, that means that the stuff that's not tasting good right now in my situation, I can deal with because I know that he's prospering me he's moving me past this say I'll get past this sometimes you got to say it before you believe it and say I look I'll get past where I am right now hmm. whose leaf won't wither so you're not going God's not going to let you go to waste and it says whatever he does shall do what prosper so Walking with God, walking in obedience, meditating on him and his word, you will move forward. Our problem sometimes is we're not moving at the pace we want to move. You ever get around somebody who's impatient? Like impatient with silly stuff that they shouldn't even be impatient with. You know, like waiting in line for somebody to understand something for 10 minutes just so you can get your apple to, you know. You know, I, I, I feel like I, I personally, I have an internal clock. I'll be honest with you. It probably irritates my wife. If, if something is taking more than five minutes past when it's supposed to, I start to get a little irritated. So my foot starts tapping. I didn't, it just, just like subconsciously, this stuff starts happening. Why? Because now we're past the time that I think we should be doing certain things. You know, and some of us in more serious situations, the time that we should wait, we, we want to push something forward that shouldn't be pushed forward. Well, God, why am I in a waiting season? Maybe it has nothing to do with you. He needs to reveal some stuff about the people who are around you. Because if he does it now, then you're taking some baggage with you that he does not want to go. I don't know who I'm preaching to in here about this. See, if you don't leave the baggage in this season, then you're going to have to deal with it in that season. So you want him to say, oh, no, no, wait. I need them to just quit on you. Because there's some people he needs to walk away from you. Because that character is not going to be revealed in this season because this season is too easy. But he needs to say, when the fire comes, I need to see who's going to still be with you. So the fire that you're, who am I preaching to in here? The fire that you're dealing with right now is not about you. It's about the people around you that need to be burned off. I didn't have that in the notes. But I'm telling you, I just feel that in my spirit. For some of y'all, the reason you're going through have nothing to do with you at all. But he's saying, I've got to test some people around you. So every time you give them the word of God, you preach the word of God, and they don't obey it. It's not about you. You're not doing anything wrong. It's about the fact that they're rebellious to me, and I need to deal with them. Tell somebody, stop taking it personal. 
Just stop taking it personal. It's not your feelings got hurt for something that doesn't even have anything to do with you. I need to wrap this up. But I got a little bit to go, but not too long. Y'all don't go to sleep. Here's what he promises us. He promises us that when we obey him, that we'll be planted, that we'll be productive, that we'll be preserved, and that we'll be prospered. So when we obey God, we have a guarantee that I am not going to be shaken. Does that mean, Pastor, that I won't ever get my feelings hurt? I won't go through? Of course not. Not a jelly bean gospel. Some things going to hurt sometimes. Some things will make you cry sometimes. Some stuff that you expected people to do. Some people you expected to be with you and around you, they're going to walk away from you. But just stand. Stand on the promises of God. That old hymn that says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. So make sure your hope is in the right place. Sometimes people have to act silly around you so God can get your hope back in the right place. You ever, you ever been there where you're sitting there and, and you're, you're going through life and you're doing what you're doing? All of a sudden, people around you just start doing crazy stuff that don't make any sense. They say stuff, that just and you, you look at them like they got seven heads. It don't make any sense at all. And the reason that it's happening is saying, I've got to do some pruning. So <laughs> he's like, listen, I'm God. So I realize that what you're seeing coming out of their heart has been there the whole time. But you didn't see it because you're not God. I'm God. I see the heart. So now I've got to let it come out so you can see it. The ungodly are not so, but they're like the chaff, which the wind drives away. The wind drives away. The wind drives away. You have some chaff in your life that God is getting ready to go. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He knows your way. Even if it's hard, he knows your way. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. What is he saying? He's saying that sometimes you have to just, the only answer is endure. One word. But God, what's going to happen? That's, that's not your concern right now. Just endure. But Lord, what, what is the end of this going to be? Don't, don't worry about the end of it. Just stand. Just stand. Like Job did. Job did. He, he, he lost everything. He was going through everything. And the Bible says that that. It says, I want to get it right, because somebody will tell you later, you didn't say that exactly right. He says, in all this, Job sinned not, neither charged God foolishly or charged him with wrong, which means that he went through what he went through, but he didn't blame God for it. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Kept on going. Many of us don't do that. But what if your first response to the pain that you endured in your life. I need to apologize now because some of y'all might be like, well, he's not going through the points the way he needs to. I just want to speak to some people who need God's word today. I know you're going what you're going through right now. and I know you're going through a test, struggling. It's hard, and you're trying to figure out what to do, and God is telling you, just stand. It's all I want you to do. You don't have to fight this battle. This one's on me. I got this one. I'll, I'll deal with them. I'll deal with their heart. I'll deal with their mind. I'll show them what to do. Let me tell you something. There's going to be times where people, God shows up so much in people's life, they can't disobey him. And you realize, I didn't have to have anything to do with it. All of a sudden, that same person with a hard heart who wouldn't treat you right, didn't know how to talk to you, they end up coming back changing. 
and you can't figure out why. Because you know why, he, you know why that happened? Because you took your hands off of it. It can't be your problem and God's problem. So some of us got to decide today before we pray at the end, either I'm leaving and it's still my problem or I'm going to turn it over to God today and say, look, God, this is yours and I'm just going to go on about my business. Let's finish it up. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do, to do according to all that's written in it. We often keep the word in our mind, but we must keep it in our mouth. Let me say it a different way. You can't answer thoughts with thoughts. Thoughts must be answered with words. Can't answer thoughts with thoughts. Thoughts have to be answered with words. So when your mind is getting attacked, some of you sitting right here while I'm preaching, the enemy's attacking your mind. Like, I know it's true, but I know it's true, but he doesn't know my situation. God, it's not like everybody else's. It's harder than everybody. All this stuff that the enemy brings to you, and you've got to say, you know what? I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able. <laughs> Come on. How many of you know God is able? Sometimes when the enemy is telling you God can't do it, you got to remind you, God is able. God, God is so much God that he's not obligated to do what you want, but he does obligate himself to do what he promised. And you want him to do what he promised because his promises are so much better than what you want. You take the biggest, most exciting, wonderful thing that you want God to do, and it's like this in his mind. That's why my favorite scripture, and one of my favorites in Ephesians 3.20 is, now I know that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. So anything I can imagine, God can go further than that. And here's how we end it. Here's how we end it. All this talk about succeeding, moving forward, prospering, getting past our problems, standing in the midst of the test. For then you will make your way prosperous. So who's going to make your way prosperous? You. you think about it. He says, I, here's your responsibility. This is how you do this. You, you meditate on my word. You get my word in your heart. You get it in your mind. You, you, you're fully convinced of my word. You start to speak it out. And he said, the result and the fruit of that is you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? And as you just, just close your eyes while we do this last part, I want, because this is, this last part is what it's going to take to do everything that I talked about today. Be strong and of good courage. If you are going to walk with God, you must ask him to give you these two things, strength and courage. Strength and courage. Then he says, do not be afraid. Fear and faith can't coexist. One of them's got to go. The enemy will try and bring it back to you, but you just got to keep reminding him of the God that is on your side. He says, for the Lord... Your God is with you wherever you go. So everything 
in Scripture, it, it, it builds upon each other. And this is what I want you to understand. He's not telling you to do something without any foundation. What he's saying to you is be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. And then he gives you the reason why. He says, for the Lord your God is with you. So I'm not, the basis of me not walking in fear, the basis of me not being dismayed is not the fact that, okay, everything's just going to work out the way I want it to. The basis of the fact is that you stand in the presence of God. And in the presence of God, you don't need to fear and you don't need to worry. And so here's what I want to do. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You, you hear and your, your prayers has been God I, I need a miracle I, I, we, I need a miracle we need a miracle if you here's how it sounds God if you don't move it, it won't happen and the people in our church know I don't, I don't do this very often, but I feel led to do this today. Um, two, two things. Our prayer team is up here. Two, two things very quickly. You have physical sickness in your body or you're facing an impossible situation that God has to move. If that's you, I mean, you don't have to. I'll pray for you where you are, but I feel led to ask you to come up and just join one of these prayer partners quickly. Um, so they can just touch and agree with you. Um, no one's going to embarrass you or anything, just only so they can touch and agree with you that God would move. Um, I believe that sometimes it's necessary to, to just lock hands, lock hands with someone. Um, I'm not going to be up here long asking you to do this, but you, your back is against the wall. You're desperate. You feel like you need God to move. If that's you, come up. Join one of these prayer warriors. Um, they're going to agree with you um, and believe God. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in the his name, there he is, right there in the midst. Um, and so, the rest of you, if you feel that, you just, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just lift your hand. I'll pray for you where you are. You don't even have to move. It's fine. But that's our prayer. Our prayers that we're praying today. Impossible situations. Physical healing. Back against the wall. Some of you need favor. In other words, you need decisions to go your way. Just lift your hand where you are just so I could see it. I'm not going to call you out anything. Just, just, okay. All over the room. Father, we thank you for this time that we could come together. We thank you that your word is true. We thank you that there's not a single thing that we could do to earn your favor. But we can posture ourselves for your favor. And so we ask that you remove anything from our mind and our heart that keeps you from moving on our behalf. And Lord, I speak favor over this entire group of people today. Many who said I just need decisions to go their way, the decisions to go the right way. Lord, I speak over them right now in the name of Jesus that they're clothed with your favor and that they will hear good things. In the name of Jesus, we declare that every door that you're opening for your people be busted wide open and every door that you need to close in their life, close it and lock it shut. In the name of Jesus, I speak preservation over the life of your people today. And Lord, I speak to those who have sickness in their body and I command it to die from the root right now in the name of Jesus. Every sickness, every physical sickness, you die from the root right now. 
And Lord, I command healing to spring up in their bodies. In the name of Jesus, oh God, we come against. Okay. Lord, we come against the spirit of accusation, the spirit of deception, the spirit of lying right now, Lord. And we command that the truth and justice prevail in the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you've given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, Lord. So I command the spirit of heaviness to lift right now in the name of Jesus, that your people will be able to praise you and worship you freely, God. Lord, I declare that they are children of the Most High, that they walk with the blessings of favor upon their life, God. Cause their ears to be sensitive to your voice. Cause their eyes to see you clearly. I pray over families. I pray over children. In the name of Jesus, that you'd raise up an army of people, Lord, that will walk by faith, believing you and trusting your promises. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit of discouragement, every feeling of discouragement right now, Lord. Remind your people of the hope that rests only in you. Lord, let them leave encouraged. Let them leave full of hope, full of faith, full of favor this day. Let them turn their back on their past today in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the victory. All right. Y'all do do one more thing for me. Let your hands, uh, stretch your hands towards the front. Manuela, come, come. I want to pray for you. She might be mad at me later, but I want us to pray for her. She's such a special child of God. Just right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let your favor rest upon her. Let your anointing rest upon her life. Lord, Set a hedge of protection around her. Let the only voice that she hears be yours. And Lord, as she goes about into this next season of her life, Lord, I pray that she be clothed with your favor, that she be clothed with your blessing. Lord, that she see increase, that she see promotion. Lord, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation rest upon her. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that when she may be pressed by the enemy to go out of the way, Lord, that she'd hear a voice behind her saying, no, this is the way, walk in it. I pray that you keep people in her life that are only for her progress, for her flourishing, for her increase, and that you remove any snare of the enemy right now, that she would walk a smooth path and reflect your glory, that the light that you placed inside of her would magnify so much that people would see what she does, that they would hear her voice, and they they would glorify you. Lord, anoint her hands for prosperity. Anoint her hands for increase. Lord, she's one that can be trusted. And so, God, I ask that you would do mighty things in her life, that she would be a voice of healing, that she'd be a voice of freedom, that she'd be a voice of deliverance, she'd be a voice of encouragement, a voice of strength, a voice that builds faith in the life of others. And, Lord, let her never doubt or forget this very moment, Lord, that she's been selected and chosen by you to be a light wherever she goes. And I decree and declare that to be done In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God a praise. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you feel good today? How many of you feel the blessing of God is on your life? So awesome, so awesome. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up and let you go home. But don't go home before I get a chance to shake your hand. Just 
tell you how glad I am that you're here today. Listen, this is going to be a week of favor for you. How many of you need the favor of God on your life? I, I, I know we got to go pick up kids, but I just, some of us need the favor of God. And so I'm decreeing and declaring the favor of God like never before on your life. Ex expect things to go your way this week. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. So you leave praising God in advance for miracles, for signs, and for wonders in your life, in your relationship, on your jobs. The favor of God. Believing for doctors' appointments to be different and believing for doctors to be confused by what they see and what they hear. Believing for the voice of accusation to cease and to stop. Repeat after me. Say it's done. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.